0: Back to another episode of the China Path podcast. James Scullin here from the Australia China Business Council. On this week's episode, we sit down with James Hudson from Alibaba, China's biggest e-commerce company and one of the world's most dynamic shopping and retail innovators. I speak with James about the various platforms on the Alibaba ecosystem and which ones are relevant to both emerging and more established Australian brands. We discuss the revolutionary new retail Herma Fresh supermarkets, Alibaba's e-commerce expo, and how November 11 Singles Day has become such a monumental event in China's cultural and consumer world. James Hudson is Director of Corporate Affairs and Marketing for Alibaba Group Australia and New Zealand. Prior to joining Alibaba, James was Chief Executive Officer of the Australia-China Business Council's New South Wales branch and China and East Asia Advisor to the CSIRO. James is proficient in Mandarin and a strong advocate for deeper relations and building Asia capability in Australia. I hope you enjoy our discussion. I'm here today with James Hudson, the Director of Corporate Affairs and Marketing for Alibaba. Um, James, just to start off, there, there are so many platforms that exist within the Alibaba ecosystem and the Alibaba world... How do you break all these down and and compartmentalise them and and make sense of all the different platforms that are out there?
1: Well, look, thank you very much for having me here today. I think uh, what we kind of think about Alibaba Group as is uh, is what we call an e-commerce ecosystem. So we operate a range of different marketplaces, uh, which which is what we call our core e-commerce platforms. Uh, We operate a group of businesses under entertainment, uh, and another group of businesses around what we call local services. So they're things like supermarkets, travel booking platforms, food delivery services. Uh, and then under that, we kind of have our operating infrastructure. So um, financial services through financial, uh, cloud computing, the compute power between uh, behind Alibaba Group, Alibaba Cloud, uh, and also logistics through uh Cai Niao. Um, So, for e-commerce platforms, there's a whole range of different ways in which Australian businesses can access that market. That can be uh, by selling wholesale on a platform like Alibaba.com. It can be working with a group of merchandisers or sellers here in Australia to sell products on Taobao, our C2C uh, marketplace. Uh, or it can be opening a, a flagship store or selling through different retailers on Timor, our business to consumer marketplace. So there's a different range, different platforms that serve different purposes.
0: So for Aussie companies that are SME exporters, maybe in the sectors of health and baby or, or food and beverage, is there a platform that best suits them in particular?
1: I think that there's a... It really depends more on the brand awareness of the the brand that's seeking to export to China as okay. a, in terms of which platform they're best suited to. Yeah. Um, so a brand with very low brand awareness that's just starting out, often we recommend that they work with merchandisers who can help communicate their brand story um, to a consumer consumer audience. Uh, often SMEs, when they're starting to export, they have relatively limited marketing budgets, so often it makes sense to work with networks of people to help um, sell sell those products. Mm.
0: So what uh, would be an example of a merchandiser in that, in that so case? So a merchandiser
1: is someone who uh, who operates a Taobao store mm. uh, and they work with different brands, different products, uh, and sell them to their, the followers on their store or those people that, that use their store as a place to, to purchase
0: products. Right. And so would that be part of your role if a, if a, if a company Company approached you, you, you could say, oh, well, I know a merchandiser that's really good for your product. So there's thousands of
1: uh, tailbell merchandisers in Australia and although we don't recommend specific merchandisers, we run lots of events like the Alibaba e-commerce expo where mm. brands can connect with those merchandisers themselves and work out the best commercial way in which they can work together to sell products. Okay. Um, for brands that are kind of more recognised or have higher brand recognition, that's where we'd kind of recommend that they sell uh, through Timor where they have a lot more control right. across their brand messaging their brand story and they can communicate the to the consumers directly without using those middlemen so to speak
0: okay so so once a brand has their product up on Timor what, what's the relationship then with Alibaba how do you work with those businesses to help build their brand awareness once they're on the platform
1: so Alibaba operates the the infrastructure we operate the big shopping mall that is Timor if you like and and the brands kind of take a flagship store or take a retail store in the offline world um, to To sell those products and we help them with uh, traffic acquisition we help them with their marketing they appoint what we call a Taobao partner, a third party that Mm. also executes a lot of the marketing for them Uh, we provide different logistic solutions that we can recommend to them and they can use or or choose to use their own so we operate the kind of infrastructure around them.
0: Mm. So do companies use Tmall often as their first jump off point into the China market or do you think they need some prior market penetration before taking that Mall plunge?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that Mall is for brands that have stronger brand recognition. So usually by the time a brand is looking to open a T-mall store, uh, they're a little bit more established through those merchandiser channels or through the Chinese community here or different networks as opposed to opening a Tmall store from the, from the get-go.
0: Okay. And so what do you see as some of Australia's high-performing sectors or, or brands on, on Mall?
1: Look, I mean, the big categories for us are reasonably well-known by now. So, um, obviously, the healthcare product sector, uh, mother and baby products, uh, wine, packaged foods and snack foods... Uh, natural cosmetics. They're kind of the big categories for, for Australian products. But we also see a lot of diversification in terms of the types of products that Chinese consumers seek from Australia. So hmm. for example, um, Australian fashion at the moment is becoming more popular. We've had more and more fashion brands like Lorna Jane and Two Times You right. and whatnot that have opened, Sea Folly that have opened uh, recently. Uh, and obviously those the fresh food is also a big growth area. So whether that be... Uh, Australian beef, Australian seafood—all those products are b- becoming more popular as well. But albeit the the channels to market for those fresh food products are a little bit different to to FMCG products.
0: And so, what what are some of the considerations for like an FMCG product on Alibaba? If you if you need to move a product like meat, you obviously need to do it quite quickly. Um, how does Alibaba help support that from the distribution end?
1: I mean, generally speaking, with um with fresh food products. Uh, it's not the same as an FMCG product where they open a store. Typically with fresh food products we we play the role as the retailer, mm. i.e. we will we have a purchasing team who purchase um, X hundred kilograms of nectarines, uh, and then di- they're distributed through multiple channels across our e-commerce ecosystem, so our offline uh, fresh food chain, Herma Fresh. We have a, another f- other fresh food uh, platforms like Timor Fresh and Yiguo, so it's all distributed across um, multi-channel. Um, the, the cold chain supply system has really developed very rapidly in China over the past five years, uh, and that's where we put a lot of work through our par- our logistics partner, Tinyo, to provide them ad- uh, advice and provide us advice on mm. how to get products to to
0: market quickly. For brands that maybe don't have that much success on Alibaba, do you see some common mistakes that companies make when 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 selling online using an Alibaba platform?
1: I think the common mistake that brands make is really knowing who their customer is. Mm. Um, so you know the old adage. I only need 1% of 1.3 billion yeah. consumers and I'll be a multi-millionaire, uh, getting that 1% is actually very tough. At China's a highly competitive market. So I think brands that really do research and really seek to understand their consumer do better than those that don't. Uh, And the second piece is really making sure that you're very, very clear with your brand story and how Mm. you're communicating that to a Chinese audience, because that brand story might not be exactly the same in terms of how it would resonate with a local audience here.
0: And so do you think with the brand story, it's about being unique and personable? Do you think that's the main driver of having a really good brand story?
1: I think being unique is one thing, but I think the more important piece of a brand story is being authentic. So how do your products really solve a problem and what experience, what skills, what's the story? behind you solving that problem, yeah. um, whether that be a skin issue or a women's issue, whatever it may be. What, what credentials? What's your your the real story behind you being able to you being the best person to really come up with the solution for that problem?
0: So would you say sticking a kangaroo on your package is is inauthentic? You need to really kind of go the the extra mile of telling your story rather than just the Australiana that a lot of brands have used over the past few decades.
1: I think Australian brand provenance is still important i think australian brands do resonate with chinese consumers still but uh relying on that alone is definitely not sufficient. You Mm. really need to work to stand on your own two feet and have your own strong brand story that really resonates with a a customer
0: base. So you also mentioned about getting to know your customer by doing research. I've heard a lot recently about the opportunities within Australia to do that with Chinese students and Chinese tourists and that you can really conduct that research here in Australia. Are you hearing of brands actually kind of tapping the market here to find out about their product or do you find they tend to do that in China in market?
1: I mean it's something that we always suggest to, to brands when they're starting out because uh, you know we have a, a, a reasonably sized Chinese community in Australia who can provide very good advice and guidance on packaging and, and a whole range of different things that the brand needs to consider. Mm. Um, the Chinese diaspora in Australia is not exactly the same in terms of their tastes and preferences as mainland consumers, but it is a good place to start and really that's part of the reason why we run the Alibaba e-commerce expo in Australia as well is really to connect those brands with those Chinese with the Chinese migrant community to get that feedback and take that feedback on board to yeah, better right. develop and showcase their products and brand
0: story. Hermar Fresh is, a, is an innovative supermarket that's been growing quite rapidly in China. Many thought that retail was essentially dead and that people were going to be shopping online into the future. How has it that Alibaba has managed to re-pivot back to what's called new retail?
1: Well, I don't think that uh, new retail is a pivot back. I think really new retail is a pivot forward. Right, okay. I (laughs) think, um, you know, in the past there's been a lot of conflict between... Offline retailers and online retailers. That uh, there was a, a long-standing view that the consumer generally had to choose between one or the other. Mm. And what we really see is those two environments very much merging. So, uh, Herma Fresh, our fresh food supermarket chain, we have about one hundred and fifty stores in China, yep. is one example where sixty percent of consumers buy products on the Herma app. Uh, and they're delivered to their home within uh, 30 minutes within a three kilometre radius, and the other 40% buy those products in store. Mm. Uh, uh, we have chefs on site who can cook the products you buy. There's a whole range of ways that uh, engage the consumer and make it more exciting for the consumer. But there's also a lot of smaller retailers in China that are using Alibaba's new retail technology as well to connect their Tmall online environments with their offline environments. But really what it fundamentally comes down to is what is more convenient for the consumer, what is actually going to... Uh, resonate with them, because actually every consumer and their shopping habits are slightly different. Some people like the experience of shopping in stores, some people prefer a pure online environment, some people want a combination of both.
0: So James, obviously I think the question on a lot of Australian businesses' minds are, how do I get my product in the stores of a Herma Fresh?
1: So Herma Fresh, uh, it's not a marketplace, it's a retailer. So We have buying teams that purchase product and stock those products across the Herma uh, Fresh Network. Mm. Um, We stock a lot of Australian wine, a lot of Australian beef, seafood um, and an increasing amount of, uh, you know, horticultural produce from Australia as well. Mm. Um, So generally they're decisions that are driven out of consumer insights that are our uh, purchasing team gets from across our marketplaces to make those purchasing decisions on what products are best suited for Hermar stores.
0: And what would you say the mix is between international brands and, and domestic Chinese brands in a Hermar store?
1: Look, it's a combination of both, but Hermar Fresh tends to be more internationally oriented, more focused towards imported products. Okay. Um, so definitely the dominant products are from uh, across Europe, South America, uh, Japan, Korea, Australia, New Zealand, North America. Um, that's where, where the majority of the products are sourced from.
0: Mm. Do you see China catching up in areas like FNB, which are such dominant strong points for Australian brands?
1: I think within China domestically, you know, Chinese brands uh, in the food and beverage sector are hugely dominant relative to, to international brands. Right. I think Herma Fresh, the reason why we stock a lot of uh, imported produce is that it really is targeting a very kind of middle class, more affluent Chinese consumer that is looking to upgrade their consumption, is looking to experience new and unique products. Uh, but there's a lot of amazing Chinese F&B brands uh, within China. Uh, I think probably the bigger question is whether those brands will become larger exporters one day and I guess uh, you know there's a there's a huge domestic demand for those products do they need to export is the other question but it will be interesting to watch how that evolves over the coming decades if there are food and beverage brands that become larger outside of China.
0: Yeah definitely. So James the Alibaba e-commerce expo took place in August in Sydney. Um, What occurs at the expo and how does an Australian firm benefit from having a presence there?
1: So, the Alibaba e commerce expo is really our flagship event where we want to bring our whole ecosystem together here in Australia and New Zealand to uh, provide opportunities for brands, to educate merchants, um, to better connect with our Chinese buyers. Um, so we're bringing the expo back to Melbourne in March next year for okay. the third time. Um, and really at the event, we have about 150 exhibiting brands who connect with our Taobao buyer network uh, and the broader Chinese community. Uh, we run a range of conferences to educate people across the tourism and retail sectors, across the FMCG brand uh, sectors, manufacturers, um, but and also to showcase a lot of that uh, emerging technology that retailers mm. and other tourism. ...and providers can also be thinking about uh, okay. here in Australia.
0: Do those 150 brands tend to be um, already exhibiting on Alibaba platforms? So there's a mix. So
1: I would say about 50% would have a Timor store already open... ...so they're mm. a more established brand. Um, others are selling to China through us through different channels... Um, and then a small percentage, maybe 10 to 20% are SME brands that are maybe a bit more, maybe 20 to 30% are those SME brands that are just starting out. Mm. They want to have a go. They want to see uh, what sort of feedback they get on their products. They want to meet buyers, meet people and really get started. So it's a really a combination of all levels of maturity across those brands that kind of join in on the Expo. Mm.
0: So with 2020's Expo coming up in March, is it possible for Australian businesses to apply to Exhibit?
1: We're opening... Uh, EOIs next week so mm. um, we should have uh, definitely a lot of interest uh, this year. Uh, the event's always very popular in Melbourne um, so we are looking forward to, to having a record turnout again next year.
0: Okay great well, well we'll have all those application details on this episode's show notes. Singles Day the 11th of November is soon upon us for 2019. Um, do you think there'll be more record-breaking transactions this year?
1: Um Look, not even our uh, CEO, Daniel Jung, really predicts what the Double Eleven 11 uh, final GMV figure uh, will be. Um, so I guess the, the final figure and what records will be broken will be remain to be seen on the 11th of November. But uh, certainly what we see with a lot of our merchants is that they're gearing up for a very big day of shopping. It is the largest day of shopping uh, in the world, uh, last year we, we sold about thirty billion U.S. dollars worth of gross merchandise value of, of products. Mm. Um, so we are looking to to certainly looking to achieve another record breaking Double Eleven uh, global shopping festival.
0: And so, what are some other metrics that you look for to see whether Singles Day has been successful or not? There's a whole
1: range of kind of data that Alibaba releases as part of the day. So obviously, there's the GMV figure I mentioned. Uh, there's the number of transactions that take place on the day there's the number of parcels that are delivered uh, or number of delivery orders. Um, we also look at data like the top 10 Australian brands or the top 10 brands globally, uh, the top 10 countries. Last year Australia was uh, third right. after the US and Japan. So, so there's, different, there's different metrics that we look at um, on the day and
0: after the festival. From a consumer perspective, do the consumers tend to be Young and 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 if so, are they are they getting older as more Chinese people develop confidence of shopping online?
1: I think uh, generally the Alibaba consumer tends to be uh, a younger demographic. So the average age of a consumer on our Taobao marketplace, for example, is twenty seven. Okay. Um, so it does tend to be a younger. Consumer, But there are people across all walks of life that use Taobao um, and use Tmall to, to purchase products. And mothers uh, are a particularly big category. Um, also, people right into their uh, elderly years are also purchasing various products as gifts or for themselves on Tmall also. So it is, a, it is something that lots of people participate in.
0: And do you see Aussie brands working this into their um, online strategy of selling on Alibaba platforms?
1: Absolutely. I mean, those brands that are on Team Wallet is a huge day for them, so they... Uh, put a lot of preparation into what sort of marketing campaigns they run. Mm. A lot of them engage Chinese celebrities or KOLs or Australian or Western celebrities and, or influencers um, to really promote their participation. There's a lot of offline events that are run that are live streamed um, through the platform. So it is a huge day that the brands really put a lot of resources and energy into making uh, a big show that um, to, to get attention to their products on that day that everybody's
0: looking to spend money. Do you see a lull in transactions in the months leading to Singles Day to make purchases?
1: I mean, the Double Eleven Shopping Festival, one of the reasons why it was held in November was that it was traditionally a quieter time for mm. uh, for retail okay. in China. So it definitely is a huge day for, for shopping that a lot of people participate in now, but originally it was not traditionally a day of, of retail consumption uh, in the China
0: market. Okay. So James, there's also a live telecast on 11.11 of Singles Day. What, what happens on this live telecast?
1: So on the 10th of November, the day before, we run what we call the Double Eleven Gala Show. Uh, And the Double Eleven Gala Show is a big kind of offline... Uh, entertainment event where we have Chinese celebrities, Western celebrities coming together to do performances, acts um, kind of as a launch for the show it is televised in China, it's streamed through our sites Um, in the past we've had Mariah Carey and Scarlett Johansson, a whole range of different celebrities who have participated Uh, and then on uh, 11.11 itself there's also a very very full live streaming program of uh, KOLs, how brands are starting to prepare for the event, Uh, obviously the gmv figure where that daily figure is up to Um, so it is a very exciting and intense day for people to uh, kind of filled with a lot of entertainment and things to to watch and do
0: culturally is that is that similar to the chinese national day telecast that occurs every year how much of a natural phenomenon has the alibaba live telecast become
1: I think the Double Eleven Global Shopping Festival is, is something that a lot of Chinese people across China uh, engage in, that they are excited by. They've seen the growth of this festival over the past decade. Uh, there's also... Every year there's more and more kind of entertainment, more and more interesting things that are happening to keep people engaged. So it is something that uh, a lot of people in China tune into.
0: Mm. Um, James, what do you see as being the next big trend in, in e-commerce in China? Where do you think things are going in the next 10 years?
1: So I think the, the next big trend uh, in e-commerce is about how brands can really utilise the consumer insights that they have through the platform to personalise products and develop products, so actually utilising those insights for the product development phase. Okay. Um, so we're seeing a bit of this already. So, for example... Uh, within Timor, we have a business unit called the Timor Innovation Centre, uh, and they work with brands to utilise their consumer insights to develop new products for their target audience. So, an example is Snickers. Mm. Um, so, Snickers partnered up with the Timor Innovation Centre to uh, develop a mala Snickers bar, like a Sichuan Pepper <laughs> really? Snickers bar oh, wow. um, that was sold through Timor and was hugely popular. Right. So, I think okay. how brands can think about utilising the customers they have. And the demographics they have, and the consumer insights they have to actually transform their product development piece further upstream, I think mm. is is probably the big trend that we're going to be seeing over the over the next decade.
0: So does the Timor platform generate a, a report, so to speak, of consumer insights annually for brands that are on the platform?
1: So for, for brands that operate a Timor flagship store, there's an analytics platform behind mm. the store that provides a whole range of information about the consumers, their age, what they're looking at, what they're clicking on, where they're abandoning their shopping carts, if they are, um, what sort of content that they're viewing through the store, whether that be a particular live stream content or whatnot. So there's a lot of... there's a Through the analytics platform, there's quite a lot that brands can access to kind of gain those insights.
0: And did you have one of those MALA Snickers bars?
1: I haven't tried one yet, um, but uh, we were talking in the office the other day that we want to buy a box to, to bring back to see if everyone sure. can have a try. <laughs>
0: um, so despite the opportunity, China can be overwhelming for Australian and international firms. What advice can you offer Australian businesses to, to remain level-headed? when engaging with the market and, and, and not be so daunted about China?
1: I think China is the same but different, right, which I, is a, not a very helpful statement. But I think a lot of brands really, when they go to China, they abandon their brand, they abandon their what they're truly about. So I think being really clear about what your brand values are, um, what you stand for as a company, what problem your product is fixing, um, and really communicating authentically mm. uh, and making sure that you're communicating authentically in the right language as well. I think I think they're, that's what brands really need to think about when they, they go into the China market. Mm.
0: Authenticity definitely seems to be an, an important takeaway. And so, James, thanks a lot for um, taking the time today. How best can people get in touch with Alibaba to start their journey on one of the platforms? What's the, what's the first step of engagement?
1: So I think that there's a few kind of entry points for people looking to understand more about Alibaba. There's the expo coming up in March. Um, and we also have a, a small kind of site for businesses to do a little diagnostic test, uh, to understand where they would fit in the Alibaba ecosystem um, through a site called Alibaba Made Easy. Mm. Uh, so so they're kind of two, two pathways to start on the Alibaba journey.
0: Yeah, fantastic. We'll have links on both of those sites on our episode show notes. James Hudson, thanks a lot for stopping by to the podcast. Thank you for having me. My thanks to James for informing on the dynamic world of Alibaba. And to learn more about how your company can take its first steps with Alibaba, as well as information about Herma Fresh and 2020's e-commerce expo, drop by to our podcast homepage at acbc.com.au forward slash podcasts. There you'll also find all of our previous episodes. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and help us to continue to grow our listenership. If you have a friend, colleague or client with an interest in doing business with China, please pass on one of our episodes. This activity received funding from Austrade as part of the Free Trade Agreement Market Entry Grant Program. The views expressed herein are not necessarily the views of the Commonwealth of Australia and the Commonwealth does not accept responsibility for any information or advice contained herein. That's it for this episode. Thanks a lot for listening. Until next time, zaijian.